This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, August 26th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. Presented by the Village of Bedford Park, I'm Rob Hart. A member of a Chicago-Italian beef dynasty talks about expansion and weighs in on the TV show The Bear. That's coming up at our next segment. Right now, Chairman Jerome Powell has spoken at the Federal Reserve's annual retreat in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Let's delve into what he said with David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors based in Denver and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. The first uh, kind of the, the, the first reaction that I saw to the uh, remarks this morning is that they were uh, unusually short and that uh, he got right to the point, but he didn't say whether or not uh, we could see a 75 basis point increase or a 50 basis point increase later on. Well, it, what was fascinating is that the Fed chairman was certainly more hawkish than the market expected. Uh, he said rates will be higher for longer, which is what his basic theme was. We need forceful and rapid steps to bring inflation down, the Fed chairman suggested. I was betting on a September rate hike of 50 basis points or one half percentage point, which is a fairly large increase normally. But um, I think we could get that, as you just suggested, get another 75 basis points or three quarters of a percentage point rate hike in September. Uh, The theme was stay at it until the job is done. And Chairman Powell took that from, uh, shall we call him, St. Paul Volcker. Now, is there um, a, is there a difference between actual hawkishness as a Fed chair and performative hawkishness? Because some of the analysis I read this morning suggests that he was going to sound overly hawkish because he wants everyone to forget that uh, the Fed was late on uh, calling sticky inflation last year. That's a good question. Um, I think the tone of his remarks went beyond that. Um, I think... Uh, uh, the Fed chairman has the message, and the message is don't stop tightening too soon because inflation will get worse rather than better. Um, and so what it looks like, the market was kind of hoping, I think, that the Fed chair would uh, chicken out as soon as he saw hints of an economic downturn. What the Fed chairman said in no uncertain terms is he's ready to see pain on the part of both households and businesses and does expect a significant slowdown uh, in the economy and in the jobs market. So um, I think what the Fed chairman was saying, in effect, in order to get 
inflation down, I'm going to keep rates higher and longer, and I'm not going to give in even if the economy starts to tank. Is this confidence born from just looking at the employment figures, and would that continue if there was a significant uptick in unemployment? Well, that's exactly what I've been trying to ponder before we talk today. Um, I think the Fed chairman says that, uh, you know, we've been down at a 50-year low of 3.5% in the unemployment rate. I think Chairman Powell's ready to see something like 4% or maybe even 5% in that unemployment rate uh, if it's necessary to bring inflation down. And I think that was the big surprise the market got today. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, how the Italian beef stand in the streaming hit The Bear stacks up against the real thing. It's Entrepreneur Friday. The streaming hit The Bear has vaulted Chicago-style Italian beef into the national food conversation. Let's talk about the local sandwich favorite with a member of a family that's all about the beef. We welcome in Joe Buona, the third, the owner of Bona Beef in Berwyn. Joe, thanks for joining us today. First off, uh, let's talk about the uh, realism uh, on the bear. Uh, you've seen the show. Uh, does it actually uh, recreate the Italian beef restaurant experience? I think overall it creates a, a lot of excitement around Italian beef and the intensity that uh, restaurateurs face. The, um, you know, as, as far as the integrity of the beef sandwich, it's definitely different than the original uh, Chicago Italian beef stands. You know, for instance, you know, uh, on the show, they make the beef and gravy separately, while original Italian beef stands like ourselves, you know, we do it like you would make it in your home. You know, we put beef in big pans, the drippings come off, and that's your gravy. So the same gravy that it's cooked in, that goes into the restaurant, and that's where the beef gets reheated and served uh, with plenty of flavor, uh, just naturally. You know, I know where you're coming from, Joe, because uh, WKRP in Cincinnati uh, may very well be the most uh, accurate TV show about the radio business uh, ever produced. And even then, you know, Dr. Johnny Fever is not wearing headphones when he's on the air. And I'm like, that's not how it works. So uh, (laughs) even the best shows uh, have a little bit of uh, creative license. So I understand where you're coming from. But is it it gratifying for you, though, to see that Italian beef, uh, another Chicago staple is in the national spotlight because they talk about the hot dog. They talk about the pizza, but Italian beef has always kind of remained a local secret. Yeah, it really has. And, you know, I'm super, super grateful that the, uh, the Bear has launched uh, the Italian beef sandwich on a national uh, stage, uh, especially as we start to expand nationwide as a company uh, to really you know, kind of educate people on, on what the sandwich is. Maybe it's not the same taste as our great sandwich or the same flavor profile, but at least it's getting the Italian beef, uh, um, you know, uh, concept out there for everybody to see. It's created a lot of buzz, and uh, we're definitely selling more Italian beef sandwiches because of it. What is it like? Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your marriage with Rainbow Cone, uh, the other iconic Chicago brand. Uh, you guys joined forces several years ago, and uh, not only expanding across the Chicago area, but expanding across the country in a big way. Yeah, we actually hope to. Uh, uh, award our first franchise in the Tampa area um, later later uh, next week. So super exciting stuff for us. But the uh, the partnership has been great. You know, Lynn Sapp, third generation owner of Rainbow Cone, uh, our family, uh, you know, united. And uh, you know, Lynn had a dream of 
expanding her brand, uh, her family's brand, and we had the ability to help her do that. And uh, it's been just a great partnership. You know, it's like you go in there, you get the best of both worlds. You get an Italian beef sandwich, and then you get a, um, a rainbow cone, which is, you know, both authentic Chicago experiences. It, it's a, uh, it is a perfect complement to one another. And it really brings in uh, families um, that, that, you know, you're getting two, two customer experiences in, in one visit. So it's really, really exciting for us. And if you are a snowbird in Tampa or maybe a White Sox fan going down to Florida to see the Rays, uh, it's a taste of home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, for sure. And then what is it like, you know, very quickly, what is it like uh, to have a, 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 an Italian beef restaurant that has grown across the Chicago area to succeed and enter new markets, especially in a space where people, not only do they have their local favorites, but they're very passionate about them? You know, it, it's, it's exciting for us to be able to do so. We have a complete concept. You know, we're, we're a modern Italian beef stand. You know, we're, we're not just beef sausage, gravy breads, french fries, and hot dogs. You know, we have hand-tossed salads. We have a great grilled chicken sandwich. We have catering options. We have, uh, you know, handmade pastas. So we have a number of things that we offer people uh, that we can offer uh, those guests in those, uh, those markets we're going to be expanding to. So, you know, you might get them in because uh, they're getting an Italian beef sandwich, and then you're getting them back with our other offerings. So we feel very, very optimistic um, that we're going to be successful in these other markets, given the fact that we have a complete concept. Joe Bona III, the owner of Bona Beef, based in Berwyn. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, the re-release of decades-old movies drawing good crowds at theater. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Hollywood game plan often includes the reboot, the remake, and the prequel, but this summer the re-release is part of the action. We're joined by Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Two Steven Spielberg classics are back in the movie theaters this summer, Jaws, and in time for its 40th anniversary, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, the anniversary re-release, not that big of a surprise, but uh, E.T. is actually outdrawing some modern movies. Yeah, Rob, it's amazing. I love the fact that a 40-year-old movie, when uh, E.T. was re-released uh, a couple of weeks ago, it opened with $1.4 million. Now, that's a lot of money for a 40-year-old movie uh, to bring in that kind of revenue and I think that moviegoers love seeing these films either for some, perhaps the first time on the big screen, or for those of us who remember seeing these films when they were first released, to be able to see them rather than on that small screen on our TV or computer or phone, to be able to go to a movie theater. And, and Jaws is going to be re-released uh, in IMAX 3D for the, the original Jaws, not Jaws 3D, but the original Jaws in IMAX in 3D 
over Labor Day weekend. That's super exciting. It's great for theaters and it's great for moviegoers. I have this theory, and this kind of also explains the success of Kate Bush's running up that hill, hitting the charts decades after it was initially released, and that is there's so much media available to us at our fingertips, whether it's TV shows or music or movies, that you no longer can associate a particular piece of media with a time or place. If it's good, it's good, and you will see it in the theater, whether it's released in 1982 or 2022. Do your numbers bear that out? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Rob. You make a great point. Uh, great content or great, I should just, I shouldn't even call it content. Great movies and music are timeless. And so I think audiences are always ready, willing, and able to go see or listen to great movies or music from the past. And it's interesting because in a very sort of modern twist, Disney is going to re-release Rogue One in theaters to shore up interest in Disney Plus's Andor series. So there you have a synergy between the big screen and the small screen. Avatar is going to be released, the first Avatar, about three months ahead of the new film's theatrical debut. And Spider-Man, the more fun stuff version, is also going to be released on Labor Day weekend. So for theaters, it's a win-win because right now it's a little slower at the box office. They need content. And fans love it because you get to see these movies on the big screen in the communal environment of the theater, brings in extra dollars for the theater, great stuff for the fans. And like you said, if it's great content, it's great content, it's timeless, people will always have an appetite for it. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, a look at the hottest industries for innovation in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Justice Department has released a heavily edited version of the document that led to the search of former President Trump's home in Florida. More next in a special report from CBS News. It's Entrepreneur Friday, the latest on trends in innovation for businesses in Chicago. SpaceX is working with a leading wireless carrier to fill in coverage gaps. WBBM Business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 632 points. The NASDAQ is down 350. The S&P 500 is down 93, all in reaction to Fed Chairman Powell's remarks to the at Jackson Hole, Wyoming this morning. We'll have much more coming up at 1232. 74 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies going up to 78 today. Pleasant this afternoon, not nearly as humid. It's 1231. CBS News special report. More than 30 pages, but most of it black ink. A quick line on the affidavit just released by the Justice Department, the affidavit that was used to get a warrant to search ex-president Donald Trump's Florida estate. And going through the legible parts of the Justice Department arguments in that long document right now near Mar-a-Lago, CBS News correspondent Robert Costa. In the second page of this affidavit, that they believe there's probable cause of the crime of obstruction being committed, and they have evidence of that to also go in and went into Mar-a-Lago. So this is a serious case. The affidavit underscores it, but we're still trying to find out more about the specifics, which have been heavily redacted. Still, there is a good deal of information here. And it looks like a lot of what we're seeing in this case is the negotiations, is the National Archives saying to the former president, we really need this information. CBS News legal analyst Jessica Levinson, CBS News special report. 
I'm Tom Fody. Hey, it's 12.32 as the Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red today. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, the founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Uh, any surprises in, the, in, in Chairman Powell's remarks this morning? It sounds like, based on the analysis that I've read and heard this morning, uh, that the surprise was that uh, he was a lot more hawkish than people were anticipating. Yeah, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, he definitely came off more hawkish than most people expected, including us here at MJP Capital. He said he was going to keep his speech short and sweet. What he should have said is he was going to keep it sweet for the shorts, because uh, that's literally what what he did. He uh, he, he started uh, comparing today with the 1970s. And that obviously uh, scared markets because uh, market historians know that in the 70s, inflation was very high. And then Paul Volcker famously came in and raised rates aggressively, which stopped inflation but brought on a very, very long and brutal recession. The 80s were a different time. Uh, Comparing the two, in my opinion, is questionable. And it certainly made the markets uh, get a bit spooked. So we got the S&P and NASDAQ both down over 2% right now, and and, and for good reason. So that's basically, uh, you know, on what Powell had said. Now, we had personal consumption expenditures data come in this morning that was actually pretty benign. So it showed that inflation seems to have peaked um, earlier in the summer, but again, Powell is saying that only one month of data is not going to change his opinion, and so we're going to have to see what happens in September with the with the next rate hike. And it's very, I mean, it's very easy to go back to the 1970s and the early 80s as a pointed basis for inflation. I know I have done that many times on this program, but it was a very different world and a very different economy 40 years ago. For example. Uh, Almost half of the globe was not part of the global economy in the 1970s and early 1980s. You had uh, you had the Soviet Union and its communist trading partners. China was not integrated into the world economy, and and those countries are now part of the world economy. And it seems like that is what, in some parts, are driving inflation in 2022, is that you have a much bigger world and so many more trading partners and so many more factors to consider in setting prices. Well, there's no doubt that there's more factors causing the inflation, but there's also more factors like U.S. uh, production of oil has increased dramatically. So we have, I believe, a better control over inflation than we had back then um, because we can produce more energy than we than we used to. We used to be much more reliant on OPEC, and that was the big problem in the 70s. So I agree with some, some of your comments there, but I would say that we have more control now than we did then, and also inflation is not as bad as it was then. We had, we had um, bond yields in the 80s in the teens. I mean, right now you've got it in 3 to 3 to 4 percent range. So it's hard to compare the two. We will see what the Fed does. They're going to raise probably 50 basis points in September. We at MJP Capital have said that when, when the market, I was on their show last week saying that the market was, was, was too high at 42.50. We're still cautious here. We think fair value is about 4,000, which is a little bit below here. But then at that point, I think we have to wait and see the data and see that the Fed hopefully will back off some of their hawkish comments as the data comes in. But we'll have to see. We'll have to wait for the data to come in. And if you're Jay Powell, do you still keep your hand on the throttle if uh, unemployment starts to increase in an appreciable way? 
Obviously not. And then that's why, see, he's not alluded to that yet, and that's why markets are getting spooked. But, you know, when we see the data come in, we think it'll start coming in weaker. And as that happens, I think Powell's hawkish comments will start to uh, we'll, we'll, we'll begin the, the end of them, and then we'll start to see markets hopefully calming down. But until that happens, uh, markets are very much on edge. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, authored the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, a look at the latest entrepreneurial trends from Chicago Innovation. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and a study of data from the Chicago Innovation Award nominees has led to a report on trends in the city. Let's find out what's hot from Luke Tannen, the president and CEO of Chicago Innovation. The website is chicagoinnovation.com. Luke, thanks for joining us today. Uh, What are some trends uh, that have really started to show themselves in the world of innovation in the city of Chicago? Well, thank you, Rob, for having me on. You know, we received 369 nominees for the Chicago Innovation Awards this year, and these are Chicago region organizations that have launched some of the most innovative new products and services, and there's so much that we learned by combing through all their data and all their information. First, I just want to say Chicago's innovators continue to create significant economic impact for their companies in the city. And, you know, in total, the nominees generated $6.2 billion in new revenues and over 11,000 new jobs. And if you're wondering, well, what industries are are producing the most innovation from our nominees, the hottest industries for innovation in Chicago that we saw this year Number one, business services, more nominees in this industry, lots of B2B innovations in Chicago. Number two, technology, and number three, healthcare. Then when you look at patents, you know, there's a lot of new-to-the-world patentable products and services coming out of Chicago. This year's nominees filed a total of 360 patents, the hottest industries for patents. Number one was technology. 40% of all patents from our nominees went to the tech industry, followed by healthcare and industrial and energy. And then if you're thinking, well, where's the money flowing? You know, wh- wh- where are venture capitalists paying attention to? Well, collectively, the nominees generated over $1 billion in venture capital. And the most attractive industries for venture capital among our nominees in Chicago, by far and away, healthcare. 70% of venture capital funding went to healthcare industry companies. And, you know, big investment dollars do mean big returns. So I'll give you one great example. Chicago-based Livongo was acquired by Teladoc during the pandemic for $18.5 billion, and that is billion with a B. So healthcare companies are attracting VC dollars in a big way, followed by business services and technology. And then we also run a heat map for zip codes, because you might be wondering, you know, what neighborhoods are hot for innovation? Number one this past year, River North, zip code 60654, uh, followed by the Northwest Loop, and then the North Loop is number three. And, you know, we're always listening to the nominees to understand, well, also, what are their needs? You know, what are they lacking? What challenges are they having? Number one was funding, investment, and grants. And you know what? The possibility of a looming recession probably will only make this need area grow. So that's something important to pay attention to. Need area number two was getting the word out, marketing awareness. And number three is talent acquisition and retention, because you always need great people to fuel your innovations. And then the last thing I wanted to mention from this year's Chicago Innovation Trends Report is, you know, we look at just what are some new things that are popping up in 2022 that maybe we're not seeing as much of in prior years. And number one, so many innovators are tackling climate change. We saw a huge uptick in nominees this year that have launched new products and services to combat climate change. 
And I think it's because Chicago's innovators are responding to growing consumer pressure around climate change. You know, two thirds of the population think the government ought to do more about climate change. And so the private sector is, is really responding accordingly. And then secondly, is healthcare innovations. We saw healthcare company submissions grow by 45% from 2021 to 2022. And, and I really think it's because, you know, the, the pandemic and everything else has put a much bigger spotlight on problems in the healthcare industry, and Chicago's innovators are responding with new solutions. And then very quickly, Luke, and I mean very quickly, what is, uh, you know, what are, what, are some of the, what are some of the problems, or name a problem that an innovator is trying to solve? Well, besides the ones that I mentioned, I'll, I'll say another. It is um, it's issues in the south and west sides of the city that lead to you know economic uh, uh, inequality and and opportunity and education. There's so many great nonprofit innovators in the city as well, and so th- that's another area too that uh, that we see a lot of nominees and we'll be celebrating those winners on November 16th. Save the date, Chicago Innovation Awards. You'll see the winners that come out of this year's uh, nomination pool. Luke Tannen, president and CEO of Chicago Innovation, the website chicagoinnovation.com. Still to come, a private satellite company is teaming with a wireless provider on a new coverage strategy. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. SpaceX and T-Mobile are working to eliminate dead zones in wireless coverage using satellites. Let's learn more from Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Uh, first off, and that is, uh, are the satellites already in space or do they need to be uh, uh, launched uh, from a, a commercial launch pad somewhere on the Earth? Good question. Well, um, I went out the other night, I'm going to give you a quick anecdote, went out the other night to walk my dog at the end of the evening before bedtime and happened to look up and saw a very unsettling sight, which was a totally symmetrical line of little light dots flying very fast over my head. Now, uh, <laughs> I don't wear a tin hat, so it was real. Um, but what it was was Elon Musk's Starlink satellites, V1, that is version one of those satellites, which have already been launched. But to your point, for the service that's going to basically link up with T-Mobile, it's going to be V2 Starlink satellites, which are not expected to begin launching before next year. And uh, Elon Musk has talked about the ability to uh, deliver satellite-based Wi-Fi at any point of in the world. He even offered his services to uh, uh, Ukrainian fighters uh, needing a high-speed data connection as they uh, repel the Russian invasion. So that's a thing that's already out there. Um, but clearly the cell phone companies must have been watching because uh, it's, it's a way of getting uh, cell service uh, where the deer and the antelope play. <laughs> That's exactly right. In fact, you're right to bring up that difference. That, that difference. Um, broadband is available now via satellite, obviously. But what we're talking about is uh, nearly complete coverage almost anywhere a customer can see the sky, as T-Mobile has said. But it, it is direct satellite to cellular service. Uh, so it's not going satellite to, uh, to, to some other node somewhere. The result is, <clears throat> if you're, say, you're in Glacier National Park up in the, north, in, the, in the western half of the United States on a beautiful national park visit, you are out of cell service, and therefore you might be in danger. If, you get, if you're in trouble, you can't call anybody. There's no way to do it. With this satellite to cellular service that T-Mobile and, and, and uh, Elon Musk are putting together, the idea is that once every 30 minutes or so, 20 minutes, uh, you, your, your text would be going through, so you could call for help, and that's great. It's not certainly what we all are expecting in the middle of a city, for example, where the text is instantly received. But in this case, it's for emergency use. 
And it also could solve the uh, rural connectivity problem, because even though uh, a cell phone is an essential tool for seemingly everybody these days, there are some people who simply cannot connect. That's exactly right. A huge portion of the United States is still is basically uh, out of reach. And um, and with that in mind, that that out of reach section is often the case. Uh, low to middle income folks. It could be farms. It could be giant you know areas where there is industri- industry, but it's it's really remote. In a nutshell, this brings that possibility uh, much closer, and you do not then have to dig thousands and thousands of miles of fiber optic cable lines and so forth. It is all if you have an eye to the sky, you can you can get this service. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month. Eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.